Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. It's a lifestyle. It really is. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss <coughs> podcast. I'm here with Pratt Rogers, and we're going to be talking a little bit about fall camp, which starts tomorrow. We are finally there, Pratt. Awesome, man. I have be I have been ready is an understatement. Um, super amped about it. Yeah, it, it 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 you've been sitting here like we we were sitting in June and it was like, okay, a hundred days, a hundred days is all we got to go. And just kind of counting down and getting there, and that is finally here. It's tomorrow morning. That's funny. I was literally looking this week at like the uh ticket packages they're offering online at dolmistix.com or whatever. And uh, yeah, starting to get pretty exciting when the weather starts turning a little bit around here, August, September, around the corner. Uh, everybody starts focusing on, on the rubs. I'm, I'm with you on that, Stephen. Well, um, well, we didn't really pre-show about this, so I'm probably going to put you on the spot a little bit, but what do you think of the renovations to the Manning Center? Awesome. I mean, super cool. Um, <clears throat> I loved, I loved the Van Devender locker room. We, uh, we grew up, uh, in the same area as the Van Devender family and Jackson. And that's just super, super, super cool. Super generous donation. Loved it all. It looked awesome. Yeah. And the funny thing for me is I, I was, I worked in that building for three or four years, like, I was literally a part of the team that helped put the Manning Center together when we moved in the first time. Whenever we first went there, I was there. So when it was state-of-the-art, I was involved. Then it got a little bit dated, and they started to renovate it. They did their drone tour and everything, and the way everything's set up, it's like my office and everything, it's like somewhere in a hallway outside the team room. That's kind of where I spent so much of my time. Yeah, it's cool to, like, finally – after all the renderings and everything finally have like a bricks and mortar plan, you know, instead of it being on a piece of paper and a diagram and talked about pitch to recruits of, Oh, this is around the corner or, Oh, this will be so cool. If it ever happens, it's, it's here. So, I mean, that's just an automatic selling point and super exciting. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, I tell people all the time that when everybody else has these bright, shiny new facilities, which they have, and like Auburn is reaping the benefits of their their facility right now, but they opened theirs like three or four months ago. We just opened ours up, and we've been showing people around and recruiting off of a rendering, off of a printout. And there's no way that kids can have the same experience walking around with a hard hat as opposed to actually having a brand new bells and whistles type facility to go through. Now you can start to recruit. And Ole Miss has had three commits in three days um, since the Manning Center opened up and full full tours could go there and they could recruit to it. So I'm saying, I'm not saying it's going to pick up and be absolutely crazy. I'm just saying that it's probably going to get a little bit better moving forward. It doesn't hurt, and everybody loves new and flashy things. I don't care if you're a high school football player, a used car salesman, or whatever it may be. People like the new and the flash, you know? And speaking of that, San Francisco <laughs> visited Ole Miss over the weekend for the debut of the Manning Center. I think it was his first trip to Oxford. 
and they ran around. They worked him out as they do. Um, they took the opportunity in the camp setting to see exactly what he's got. He left there with an offer. And now you have crystal balls coming out. Let's see, David Johnson from 247 has. I think Paul Jones from Mississippi State 247 as well has crystal balled him to Ole Miss. And I, this would be a pretty decent pickup. Yep, I read uh, recently that uh, he was that Paul Jones originally had him into state. That everybody felt like he was a state lean. That he had been to, the, I think state calls it their Super Slam weekend. It's kind of the equivalent to Juice Fest, I'm sure, from my understanding. He, uh, San Francisco McGee, had been up there uh, as well as a few other trips beforehand, and it's seemingly kept telling the staff over there that he was. Uh, leaning heavily towards being a bulldog, came to visit Ole Miss one time and kind of locked, th- locked things in pretty quickly. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot about this guy other than he's from Macomb, 6'1", six, six 200 pounds. I think he's probably a little more of a mentality of a diamond in the rough from my understanding. But, um, you know, like you kind of mentioned, I think even Paul Jones and guys like that are kind of conceding that, that he's an old Miss lean, and um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he played either either side of the ball. Honestly, Stephen. Yeah, and um, if you looked online, I think Mike Espy and Shea Hodge had some stuff about a re- receiver they were pointing out that was apparently San Francisco's brother. He's like hmm. a twenty-seven, some that class. So as a as a young guy that they said is good, probably going to be pretty good as well. That's disgusting so, that we're already talking about a Twitter. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, you know, it really is. But but it's on Twitter. I mean, come on. You know we're addicted when we're bringing up 2027 kids, yeah. but here we are. Yeah, yeah, it just happens. All right, so <laughs> now let's change gears a little bit to 2023. Camarion Franklin is at Auburn in their brand-new facility. He did not make it. He was supposed to go either last Thursday or last Friday to see it. He was unable to do that. He was going to go there and then go to Miami. But I think he went to Miami and he stopped there on the way back. I, th- I think that's working. He's there with Jacoby Hobson yep. um, at Auburn. And I think it's a it's a good situation. But I tell people all the time, Camarion is going to enjoy recruiting. That is just what he's going to do. He is going to have a good time um, during recruiting. And it's a situation that would not surprise me at all if he went until February before he signed. Well, you, you sit there and everybody gets so antsy and excited or despondent about whatever visit the kid takes. And you sit there and you just got to imagine that this is a drain on a kid to go to that many visits, go visit that many schools. I get the glitz and glamour is fun in the beginning, but at some point I think, you know, the average fan sits there and feels like, oh, Camarion's got to make a decision here soon. He just went to Auburn. Gosh, it's you know, we're getting later in the recruiting process. Should we, we be, you know, feeling a red flag right now? Is is there any cause for concern? And maybe so. I'm not sure. But I agree. He's definitely enjoying the process. And, I mean, I think he's got it down to three, maybe four schools that we talked about ad nauseum on here. Do you worry at all that he wasn't at Juice Fest? I, I really don't. But No, no, not, not even a little bit. Um, because – for players like Cam Franklin and Patrick Broomfield, Lane Kiffin wants one-on-one time. He does not want him to come in in a cattle call environment to where he either has to divide his time up between him and other players. 
he he wants that situation to be very much hands on. So I don't think him not coming to Juice Fest is that big of a deal at all. Now I will say this, and I don't know what's going on with Miami, and I will say that right off right in the beginning. Um, but they have an NIL situation. They did an article in the Miami Herald. Uh, basically, sounds like he's a little bit shady. I'm not saying he's a Nevin Shapiro, Shapiro type, but it sounds like he might be a little bit of a Nevin Shapiro type. I don't know. I read this exact same article uh, about the Life Wallet. His name was John Ruiz, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I read the exact same thing. But if you are a kid from Lake Cormorant and you have a rogue Nevin Shapiro type running loose on South Beach taking care of prospects, yes, I would be visiting Miami every month. I'd be doing the exact same thing. Mm. I mean, I saw within that article, like, I can't remember. It was like women's athletes were getting like boatloads of money. I think there was an infraction for taking a woman's, you know, to uh, prospect to dinner on him, mm. all these things, you know. Anyway, it sounds like I think Life Wallet was like at a $32 billion valuation. So he probably has more money than he knows what to do with and a problem I hope to run in like into at some point in life, Steven, but uh, not there yet. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Well, this weekend Ole Miss has gotten um, two oh, three commitments football wise. They also got a basketball commitment from John Bowl, which is the highest ranked recruit to ever commit to Ole Miss basketball. Unbelievable. He, yeah. Saw that today. Freaked out. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So Chris Beard is just a different animal. Um, and recruiting, but with camp starting tomorrow, we're going to concentrate on football. But congratulations to Coach Beard, John Bowl, that whole a whole nine yards, um, with that recruitment. Well done. I'm glad you said that because I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, props definitely were due to Coach Beard, yes. Um, so you had let's see, Chris Graves from Miami, yep. who is a Four-star player with four years of eligibility that was a borderline top 100 player is going to transfer to your school. Those players don't exist in the state of Mississippi this year. They they don't. Patrick Broomfield is the best defensive back. He's a three-star. It, it just kind of is what it is. I like Patrick Broomfield a lot, but this guy is a special cat. And if you see his highlights and what he can do, you can see how he can really help your program. And Ole Miss got him for four years. That's four years of eligibility, and he can't transfer. I mean, he is locked in. Unbelievable. I, I, I try to keep up with Ole Miss football every second of every day, and this guy just completely flew under the radar. I feel like I feel like nobody was talking about him. Um, I don't know. He's been in the portal for a while, like maybe a couple months, month or so. I feel like, and I just nobody was talking about him. It was like the best kept, best kept secret of all time uh, from for Kiffin and co. I mean, this guy ran track in high school. He had 500 yards as a receiver. Watched a little bit of his film the other day, just a quick huddle highlight. If you throw him a bubble screen, I mean, he is gone. So yeah, I'd he, love to see him play offense too. I know Golding and everybody's recruiting him on the defensive side of the ball, but he's lightning fast. Yeah, and you have a situation, they're like, well, why did he end up at Ole Miss? Well, he went to Miami as a true freshman. He was recruited a little bit by Kevin Smith. That would have been his area. Kevin Smith is now at Ole Miss. 
So he went where his assistant coach was and probably somebody that helped recruit him for familiarity coming to Oxford. So that that's probably the reason um, Chris Graves ended up at Ole Miss. Now, you also got T.J. Dudley, who committed to Ole Miss, a linebacker out of Clemson. He was um, dismissed from the team for various rumored reasons. I've heard a whole, heard a whole bunch. But I'm not going to concentrate on that. It doesn't look like TJ is going to get a waiver um, this year. So that means he is going to have to play scout team. But in 2024, you are going to have a sophomore TJ Dudley and a software sophomore Sunterian Perkins that can patrol the middle of that defense. And you basically have two top 200 players or one five-star plus and one high four-star. I mean, it's a good get. Good get. Look, I know he had a little bit of limited playing time at Clemson. You t- you touched on the the dismissal from the team. Not sure what all that's about, but I did go back and look at his senior year in high school film. 138 tackles. I mean, th- and seven interceptions. I mean, it was it was a pleasure to watch watch that film. He was he balled out. So uh, yeah, four star, top 200 guy. Anyway, uh, and by the way, the coolest nickname on the team so far is Bull, TJ Bull Dudley. So uh, anyway, yeah, super excited about it. will be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I expect him to start uh, as quickly as he can get cleared. Yes, and um, if you look at the third transfer that Ole Miss has gotten, it was a JUCO. And it was one of those things where a JUCO committed, and I was like, hey, I remember those. But the fact of the matter is, in JUCO, the same talent of players that Ole Miss basically built their program off of for 20 years, those players are still there. They're just getting overlooked because everybody's talking about the portal now. So now Marquise Willis, which has a terrific last name and is sure to be a fan favorite. Oh, my gosh. Um, he is the brother of Malik Willis, who is the backup quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. He is a six foot two, 200 and. 10 to 20 pound receiver runs a sub 4 4 40 with big hands. He, he plays at Cahoma for Terrence Met- Metcalf. The problem for Cahoma is they don't really have a quarterback, it looks like. And that's going to affect the way that Marquise Willis kind of shines forward and the way he flashes. But so if you just take everything at the combine specs, 40 time, hand size, um, stuff like that. That is what Ole Miss is recruiting on because you're not asking him to come in and be the starting Aiden Williams receiver. You're asking him to come in and be the Quay Quay Davis receiver to where you're just buying a lottery ticket. And if he works out fine, if not, he ends up at Southern Miss. I mean, that's what you're dealing here with Marquise Willis. Hey, chance I'm willing to take. And, um, I'm all for it. I agree. Project. And, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, looking strictly off dimensions, a chance you got to be willing to take. So, yeah. It, it, like Anthony Richardson got the fourth pick in the NFL draft being a project, but I digress. Um, anyway, Pratt, thank you so much for stopping Bond. Thanks everybody for making the locked on almost podcast. Your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Anyway, Pratt, thank you very much for stopping by today, man, and we will see you next week, buddy. Sounds good. See you, man. All right. Bye.